Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are Locked On the Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, which is part of the Scout.com network, one of the best sources of NFL and college football news and analysis anywhere. And I hope your weekend is off to a great start. A start half as good as Green Bay's performance over San Francisco on Friday night. And let's start our analysis of last night's game with a look at the quarterbacks. Interestingly, heading into this preseason, Aaron Rodgers' previous preseason low for total passing attempts was 23. This year, he's going to play 21 snaps. Against the 49ers last night, Rodgers was 6-9 for 60 yards and an impressive scoring drive, which he punctuated with a touchdown pass to Randall Cobb. Rodgers got the 49ers at 12 men on the field. He bought time in the pocket and got his key weapons involved with three completions to Cobb, one to Jared Cook, and another to Devontae Adams, though the officials threw a flag on that one for offensive pass interference. Is nine passes really going to be enough to get Rodgers into the regular season? It's Rodgers, so you'd be a fool about against him. But that Jacksonville defense has a chance to be really good, so it could be a bit of a calculated gamble. And what about Joe Callahan? You know, I've liked this kid since the first time I saw him. As you know by now, an undrafted frigid from Division Three Wesley. You know, at this time last year, he's getting ready for a game against Frostburg State. But you know what? Callan just knows how to play the game. He, you know, he doesn't have the greatest arm, but, you know, he's had a. It was evident from the first day of OTAs back in May. He just got this feel. He feels where the pass rush is. He knows where his checkdowns are. He just makes things happen. He's an, he's an impressive looking guy. Against the Niners last night, 16 of 24 for 167 yards. It could have been about 200 yards if Devontae Adams had then dropped that pass for a touchdown. So, you know, I, I don't think, you know, barring Hundley's injury lingering, and, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to. You know, Callahan's not going to make this roster, but. Man, I, I really want to see this guy develop. I'm not saying he's going to be you know, a, the next Doug Flutie. I know he was compared to, to Flutie during the telecast last night, but you know, he's got a little something. You know, Give him another year around McCarthy in the, in the quarterback program here, and you know, maybe he can get their arm strength built up. Number two, could this defense be for real? Here's the tale of the tape so far. In the three preseason games, the Packers have given up 33 points. Last night against the Niners, they allowed 195 yards. That's darn good production. It is the most yards Green Bay has given up this preseason. San Francisco completed nine passes. Only one went to a wide receiver. And in the NFL, games are won and lost on third down. The Packers have given up a combined 7 of 30 on that money down. Look, I get it. The Packers haven't played any good offenses yet, and they haven't played any good quarterbacks either. In the opener against Cleveland, it was Robert Griffin III. Last week against Oakland, it was Derek Carr. Last night, Blaine Gabbard and Colin Kaepernick. Those aren't very good quarterbacks. I get it. Look, I mean, look what's coming up this year, too. The Packers play seven games against quarterbacks that threw for 4,000 yards last year. And that doesn't include Tony Romo and Andrew Luck. And look right out of the bat, too. Week 1, Jacksonville, Blake Bortles. Not a household name. 4,428 yards last year. Week 3, Detroit's Matthew Stafford threw for more than 4,200 yards. And, in between, and obviously, in between those games, it's Adrian Peterson. After the week four bye, it's Eli Manning in week five, Romo in week six, 
Matt Ryan in Week 8, Luck in Week 9, Kirk Cousins in Week 10, a little further down the line, it's Russell Wilson. It's a lot of really, really good quarterbacks. And look, you know it, I know it, everybody knows it. If you can't stop good quarterbacks, you've got no chance. And look, for the preseason, we have no idea if the Packers can stop good quarterbacks. But you know what? A BC alternative, right? I mean, they could have been beaten to shreds by Griffin. And, you know, Carr's not a bad player. So signs are positive. Obviously, you don't, you don't want to put too much... Uh, too much faith in what we see in the preseason, but you know they're building some momentum, and the, and the signs are certainly positive. This segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com and Scout.com. Scout's fantasy site is host of the World Fantasy Championships, and our fantasy insiders have helped them, a lot of people make a lot of money. And if your company is interested in talking to men between the ages of 18 to 44, you really should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com to find out more. Number three, the depth continues to shine at tight end, wide receiver, outside linebacker, and safety. Jared Cook, a tremendous game, continuing a tremendous training camp that he's had. He had four catches last night, and about two-thirds of his yards came after the catch. You know, everybody talks about Cook's down-the-field game, and I get that, but when Jermichael Finley was at his best, it's when Rodgers threw it to Finley short and Finley beat a guy or ran over a guy or whatever he did to gain five, six, ten yards after the catch. And that's really been Cook's game, too, with the Rams. I mean, I, again, I get that he was he's a stretch-the-field kind of guy, and he's going to help him in that regard, but... When, when you can throw the ball six yards on the field and he can turn into a gain of 20, I mean, that's big time. The Packers are just stacked at wide receiver. I mean, they might not, they might not be loaded at the number three spot because Devonta Adams is going to drive someone crazy when he drops a touchdown pass like he did with Callahan. But that makes a great catch a little bit later in that drive. It's, it's maddening. The guy's got all the talent in the world. At some point, he's going to have to sink or swim, though. But when, when, when you got Nelson, Cobb, Adams, Aberderis, and Montgomery. That's a pretty good five, right? Well, then you got Jeff Janis. I mean, you got to figure out what you're going to do with him. Is he going on IR? Do you, do you keep him? I assume you're going to keep him because he's so good on special teams. So there were six. You know, even if they keep seven, well, I mean, what do you do with, with, the, with the loser between Davis and Allison? I mean, those are really good players. Davis had a pretty nice night. He's a, he's a return threat, which he, so he gives you that versatility. Geronimo Allison catches everything. And that 51-yard pass downfield last night was a thing of beauty. I mean, it's, it's not the kind of thing you see from a rookie very often. So Green Bay's loaded there, and those are good problems to have for sure. Other side of the ball, outside linebacker. Kyler Fackrell at one point just missed a sack, and then he drew a holding call. Laurent McCray had a sack, and he also missed a sack. Those guys are very active. And those are the end of the depth chart guys, too. I mean, I mean that's I've been counting Matthews and... And, you know, Nick Perry batted down two passes, and Julius Peppers ranks number one among active players in sacks, and Dayton Jones is a big, rugged, tough guy, and Jaron Elliott's flashed here and there as a good special teams player. I mean, these guys are loaded at outside linebacker, and you know what? Outside linebacker is the lifeblood of a 3-4 defense, and if, if, if you have that kind of impact player in this scheme, you got a chance to be really good, and, you know, frankly, too often under capers, they haven't had that. It's been Matthews and what you've had Desmond Moses and Frank Zombo and and it's so on and so forth. And for the and, and you know they, they had Peppers here, but Matthews spent a lot of time at inside linebacker. So finally, it's Matthews and Peppers and so on and so on and so on. They have a 
They have a lot of options to rush the passer. They've got big guys to stop the run, quick guys to get after guys. It's a great. It's they have they have matchups galore. If they can just stop the run and turn those guys loose, it's gonna be a terrific defense. Finally, it's safety. We've talked and talked and talked about Kenshaw Bryce here for about two weeks, and he continues to deliver. But look, look at Mar- Marwin Evans continues to deliver too. Maybe not not quite to the extent that Bryce has, but an interception last night. You know, obviously an easy play, but Evans is a pretty good player. And Whitehead is, is was active. He missed a couple of tackles last night, which is going to kill him in this roster battle. But when you got Burnett and Dick starting and Banjo and Hyde in reserve, boy, you sure you sure would like to keep a rookie like Evans and Bryce to go play special teams. So another spot where where they where they didn't draft anybody, but but the depth is really flourishing. And finally, some decisions for Ted Thompson. First, maybe a little bit easier at punter, where Tim Mastey outkicked Peter Mortel last night. Up until last night, it had been advantage Mastey in practice, Mortel in the games. A good night by Mastey last night. His hang time was was tremendous, and I, you know, I think he might have set up the job last night. Decision at running back, however, might boil down to what happened to Crockett last night when he got injured his left arm and seemed to be in, in a lot of pain. Crockett's had a really good preseason. He's an experienced, well, you know, and his experience as a second-year guy can be, but he's got some experience. He does everything pretty well. I think I've said this on on here before, but I talked to a scout at camp one day, and he and he thought Crockett was was a legit number two running back, not a number three, but a number two. That's a, that's how highly he thought of him. But look, he goes out last night, and Brandon Brooks, a guy who I've thought a lot of going back to Troy, just because he caught so many passes there, finally had a good night last night. I mean, that stop and start touchdown run, I mean, that's something they don't have. I mean, Lacey's the, the brawler and, and, and Starks as a, a slasher. Burks has that dimension, though, of, look, that, that play was stopped. Going to the left were, were Spriggs and Lane Taylor weren't getting anything done, and, and he cut on a dime, and he broke a tackle at about the 16-yard line and, and was off for the races. It's something that, you know, they haven't had that since Dewan Harris, and then, and they thought they might have caught lightning in a bottle of Harris, and he got hurt and never really panned out. But it was a heck of a good run. He catches the ball well, and you know he might be five eight and change, but he's he's a well put together what two hundred and ten pounds or whatever he is, and so he, he pass protects okay. You know I'm not sure if he's done enough to to beat out Crockett if Crockett is healthy, but I I would like to see Burke stick around. And based on last night's performance, I'm sure he has. And that'll do it for this special Saturday edition of Locked On Packers. Be sure to check out the rest of our great Locked On Podcast Network and go to PackerReport.com throughout the weekend for coverage from Friday night's game. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you Monday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.